In this video, we are going to be talking about why anti-Catholics and many non-Catholics don't actually know the Bible. They don't know the Bible, they don't understand how to interpret it properly, and they misuse it greatly. Many times in sincerely seeking to know the Word of God, they accidentally hack up the Word of God because they are uninstructed, untrained, and don't know how to properly interpret the Bible. And we're going to show how they try to use the Bible against Catholics in this video and why they're wrong. Welcome to Catholic Truth. My name is Brian Mercier, and I'm the president of Catholic Truth. I'm a professional Catholic speaker, professional Catholic apologist. I'm an author, a retreat leader, and I'm happy to be here with you today talking about why anti-Catholics don't know the Bible and why they misuse the Bible when trying to prove the Catholic Church wrong. We have four examples out of many in this video that we could use. And each of these examples will show how they misuse the Bible and how they attack Catholicism falsely. So, for example, someone will read the Bible and they'll come across a passage like Matthew 23, 9, and it reads like this. It says, Do not call anyone on earth your father. And they'll look at the verse and say, Oh my gosh, it says not to call anyone on earth father. And the Catholic Church calls men father. The Catholic Church goes against the Bible. The Catholic Church is wrong. And so they'll have these... I mean, many people hear these. I mean, they're led astray so easy, like sheep that are blind. An anti-Catholic will come up and say, look, the Bible says, call no man father. What do you call your priest? Father. You're wrong. When in fact, Mr. Anti-Catholic has not the slightest clue of what biblical interpretation is or how to use the Bible. And we're going to show this in a second when we obliterate this passage and show that it doesn't mean what they think it means. But first, we have to understand proper biblical exegesis. You can't just read one single line in scripture. You can't look down and read it in English and say, oh, this is what it means. This must be wrong or this must be right. Because we can't just read the Bible in English 2,000 years removed from an American or European or African worldview. This book was written by Jews, for Jews, with a Jewish worldview, and in a Jewish language, and in the Greek language. So, in order to understand the scriptures, you have to understand the languages and what the authors meant by them. A lot of times it doesn't translate into English, and even if it does, you can't just take one verse by itself without comparing it to the rest of the Bible. So proper biblical interpretation says you take that one line and you look at the lines before and after that to get the whole context. That way you can see if that one line matches up to the rest of the paragraph that the line came from, if it's in harmony with the rest of the chapter and the book of Matthew, and if it's in harmony with the rest of the Bible. And Matthew 23, 9, when it's interpreted literally like that, fails all of them. If they read just the very next verse, it says this, And do not be called teacher, for there is only one teacher on this earth, and that is Christ. Teacher! Oh, we're not allowed to call anyone teacher! What have we been calling everyone in school since we were in first grade? Oh, teacher! Oh my gosh, we must be going against the Bible. Nobody says that. Anti-Catholics only use verse 9, never 10, because 10 doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't condemn the Catholic Church. Only 9 seems to condemn the Catholic Church. But when taken in context, verse 8 says don't call anyone rabbi. 
Verse 9 says, don't call anyone father. And verse 10 says, don't call anyone teacher. And Jesus here is condemning the Pharisees who are usurping God on all of these. I mean, they were trying to lead people astray and be false guides and false leaders. And Jesus was condemning them for that. Not everybody. He certainly was not saying, don't call men father. And we know this because when we properly interpret the Bible, we look at the rest of the book of Matthew. And we know from Matthew 15, 4 and 19, 5 that the word father is used twice. Then we can compare it with the rest of the New Testament. And we know from the beginning of the New Testament to the end, the word father is used everywhere to describe earthly fathers and spiritual fathers. For example, 1 Timothy 5 verses 1 through 2 says, do not reject an older man, but exhort him as a father. So, Paul uses the word father. Was he going against Jesus? Likewise, in 1 John 2, 13 and 14, John says, I exhort you fathers. Likewise, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4, 15, I became your father in the gospel. So he's using it in a spiritual context. And in fact, in Romans chapter 4, the word father is used six times to describe Abraham as our spiritual father in the faith. And so, all over the New Testament, we see men called father, both in a physical fatherhood sense and in a spiritual sense. And so, we know by looking at the rest of the Bible and interpreting it in context that Matthew 23, 9, when they only read that one line, is cherry-picked out of context. And that's not what it means. If it was, all of the rest of the New Testament would be wrong. Can you see why it's super important to check out verses and compare it to the rest of the Bible and not just take it out of context? Patrick Madrid once used the example saying, uh, put the kitty on the table. Now, if you read that and someone asked you to, what does, what does that mean? You would say, well, put the cat on the table. Yes, that's true. Unless you were playing poker. And in that case, you would put the bet, the kitty, on the table. But how do you know the difference? You have to know the context in the first place. And it's the same thing with reading the Bible, which is why most every verse that anti-Catholics quote against the Catholic Church is wrong or taken out of context. Another example of this comes from Romans 3.10, which says that no one is righteous, no, not one. And so anti-Catholics will say, oh, See, that proves that the Catholic Church is wrong. And they'll go up to Catholics and say, See, you think Mary's righteous. You think she's holy. You think she's this and that, but she's not. Only Christ is righteous because the Bible says nobody is righteous. No, not one. But of course, this is elementary, sophomoric biblical interpretation. And no scholar would endorse such a shallow, unintellectual accusation against the Catholic Church. So, how do we read the Bible? What is the first thing we do? Well, we look at the verses before and after it. And the very next verse in Romans 3.11 says, There are none who understand, and there are none who seek after God. Well, that's a problem. I mean, if we're taking these literally and we're just reading the book as it says, well, it says nobody seeks after God. And apparently that would include the people who are reading the Bible and attacking the Catholic Church. And that just breaks apart and makes no sense. And for those who are familiar with the Bible, we know that this verse is quoting the Old Testament to make a point. It's not saying there aren't any people that are righteous. It's not saying that nobody seeks after God. It's just saying that these people who are trying to follow the law 
are not following God and not pleasing God, and they can't as long as they're trying to follow the law. And we know this by looking at the rest of the Bible, by comparing it to the rest of the scriptures. And when we do, let's say we look in Luke chapter 1 verse 6, it says that Zechariah and Elizabeth were both righteous before God. They were righteous. The Bible specifically says they were righteous. So you either have a contradiction because the Bible says nobody's righteous, and then it says, oh, somebody is righteous. In fact, two people are righteous, Elizabeth and Zechariah. Or these people are taking the Bible out of context without any understanding of it. I mean, most of these people who attack the Catholic Church, 95, maybe 98, I don't know, somewhere really high. Most of the people who read the Bible and attack on social media, most of them are not studied in theology. They're not studied in biblical exegesis. They've never gone to school to understand biblical interpretation, which is why if we can understand how to interpret the Bible and to read it in the right way, it doesn't matter how many verses you have memorized if you don't understand them and they're all wrong and they're all taken out of context. What matters is understanding the Word of God the way the author was trying to communicate it and what we're supposed to understand from it. Likewise, James 5.32 says that Jesus did not come to call the righteous, but the sinner. So clearly there are sinners and there are those who are righteous. In James 5.16, it says the prayer of the righteous man avails much with God. So clearly there are people who are righteous. And these are only a few of the many passages that I could quote where people are called righteous, like Joseph, uh, the husband of Mary, or Job, and other people as well. So just taking one line out of context is not the way to go about the Bible. And I would ask people to reconsider how you read Scripture and maybe even to take a, a course on how to properly read the Bible so you can understand it. This is the reason why there are so many thousands and thousands and thousands of Protestant religions all contradicting each other, all trying to pray to the Holy Spirit, all competing theologies that contradict each other and all claiming to be right, except the Holy Spirit is not that confused. The Bible says in 1 Peter 20 and 21 that the Bible is not open for any private interpretation. And what do we have people doing? Privately interpreting scriptures all over the place. Let's give a couple of last examples. Example number three, anti-Catholics will come up to you and say, the Bible says you shall not repeat prayers. And what do you Catholics do in the rosary? You repeat prayers. So tell me, why do you go against the Bible? And the Catholics should say, could you show me that verse in the Bible where it says don't repeat prayers? And they'll say, sure, uh, right here. It says it in Matthew 6, verse 7. It says, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. See, it says don't repeat prayers. Except it really didn't. It didn't say those words at all. Can you see how people are misusing the Bible and trying to attack others? They're not even reading what it says. It doesn't say don't repeat prayers. It says do, when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the pagans do. That's a big difference. That's a, that, what is the context of that? That is what you want to open up because the pagans used to sit there in public and, and talk for hours and hours because they thought that their gods wouldn't hear them unless they heaped up enough prayers. And if they could pray to them enough and please the gods enough, then maybe the gods would answer them. And you can even see that in uh, Isaiah when he was having the uh, contest against those prophets. And he said, maybe your gods are asleep. Pray like, says they prayed all day until noon and they would cut themselves with swords and they'd go through all of these uh, rituals just to get their gods to hear 
hear them. It doesn't say don't repeat prayers. Even Jesus repeated the same prayer. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass by me. But if not, let your will be done. He repeated that prayer three times in the Garden of Gethsemane. There are people who repeat prayers in the Bible because the Bible doesn't condemn repeating prayers. It condemns vain repetition like the pagans. And if we take the book in context, the way it's supposed to be, and not destroying and obliterating the holy word of God, we can go back two verses and see, or actually you could go back to the the beginning of the chapter. That's always important because you'll see that, again, the context is that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, the Pharisees who are usurping the place of God and, and being unholy hypocrites, claiming to be perfectly holy, but they aren't holy. And it says, do not be like the Pharisees. Do not be like the hypocrites. In verse 5 of this same chapter, it says, when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, like the Pharisees, not like the Catholics, who love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. One envisions these men who love to be seen and they stand there for long periods of time just praying out loud and and looking holy and appearing holy in front of everyone so that people would praise them. That is what Jesus was condemning. Jesus never said don't repeat prayers. Not to mention people don't understand the rosary anyways because the rosary is not about repeating prayers. It's literally a meditation on the Bible, on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Every day we meditate on those mysteries while saying the prayers as well. So the prayer of the rosary is primarily a meditative prayer. It's not about repeating prayers over and over. So clearly we can see how these verses are taken out of context. But let's look at one more example. Anti-Catholics will quote Romans 3.28 often, which says, You are saved by faith apart from works of the law. Aha! See, you Catholics, we have told you for 500 years now that we're saved by faith alone. Faith alone, and it's backed up by the Bible. The Bible says clearly in Romans 3.28 that we are saved by faith apart from works of the law. See, faith apart from works. No works, just faith. Except that the Bible doesn't actually say that. And you are destroying the Word of God with your personal, uneducated, and fallible interpretation. In fact, Martin Luther, he hacked up the Word of God as well. He added the word alone to that chapter because it's not there, first of all, in his German translation, because it's not there. It doesn't say faith alone anywhere. And that's why he added the word alone. He added to the word of God the same things Protestants condemn Catholics for supposedly doing. But the reality is that it says we are saved by faith apart from works of the law. Not works. Works of the law. The works of the law is what's being condemned in Romans. And that's circumcision. The Old Testament rituals and cleansing and things that the Pharisees, the hypocrites that Jesus was just talking about in Matthew, the things that they did. Many of these things don't save. They were Old Testament rituals only for a little time and they didn't save anyways. So that's why Paul in the very next chapter, in Romans chapter 4, he uses the word circumcision nine times to say that these things, these works of the law, circumcision do not save you. Christ saves you. But it's not by faith alone. It's by faith apart from works of the law. Of course, we have to do works. I mean, in Ephesians 2 chapter 10 says that God made us to walk in good works. And if we don't do what God made us to do and commands us to do, 
we will not be saved. And Protestants ignore the rest of the Bible too, like in Matthew 25, 41 to 46, where the people go to hell because they don't live out their faith. They don't feed the poor. They don't clothe the naked. They don't give drink to the thirsty. They don't visit the imprisoned. They didn't do anything. And Jesus says, because they didn't do anything, they are going to hell. In fact, Revelation 20, 12 says that the book of life was opened and everyone was judged according to their works. They were judged according to their works. That's what the Bible says. So the Bible is condemning works of the law, not good works, which are done by the grace of God and out of love for God and because you have faith. Those are not being condemned. In fact, the Bible says from the beginning to the end that works are needed. They're necessary. We have to live out our faith. We have to be obedient to Christ. Romans chapter 2, 5 through 9 says this, that God and the judgment of God will render to each individual according to his faith. Oh wait, I'm sorry, it doesn't say that. It says according to his works. The Bible says that God is going to give to each man according to his works eternal life to those who by patient continue perseverance, a verb, something we do, by continued perseverance and doing good and seeking glory, immortality, and honor. But in verse 8, it goes on to say, but those who are self-seeking and do not obey a verb, the truth, and obey unrighteousness, they will receive indignation and wrath. So obedience is absolutely necessary to go alongside faith. And this is why, these are four verses out of many that show how many people just look down and read a verse, oh, no one are righteous, except that later in the Bible it says other people are righteous. Joseph's righteous. Job's righteous. Elizabeth and Zechariah are righteous. So you can't just take one verse out of context. Please learn to read the Bible. Take a course online. Learn to interpret it correctly. Just memorizing scriptures and regurgitating them without understanding what they actually mean, the context, or how to appropriately give the exegesis on that passage, it's useless. It means nothing. It means you don't know the Word of God. And the Word of God is holy, not meant to be hacked up and destroyed, which is why the Catholic Church is very serious about its biblical interpretation. And it's very serious about where it says in 1 Peter that the Bible is not open for any private interpretation because this is what happens. And in fact, also in the book of Peter, it says the uneducated and the ignorant twist the words of the Bible, twist the scriptures to their own destruction. Thank you so much for watching this video today. Please like it and please share it. And if you can, please support our ministry so we can set this world on fire, so we can rebuild our church, set Catholics on fire, and help them to know, love, and live their Catholic faith. Please help us by commenting down below. Let us know what you think of this video, and please help us to share it, like it, put it all over your social media, and help spread the kingdom of God. May God bless you. Hi everyone, my name is Kate. I'm the video editor here at Catholic Truth, and I just wanted to say on behalf of all of us, thank you so much for taking some time to watch our videos and learn more about your faith. You guys really make this channel possible, and we truly appreciate you being here. So thanks again, and God bless.